Well, this is a bit of a conundrum. <laughs> so I got a I got a survey uh, during commercial break. Welcome, it's Eric Erickson here. The phone number, and I'm about to take your phone calls right out of the gate. I'll I'll start the phone calls. Um, so the the phone call the, the phone number eight seven seven nine seven three seven four two five. During commercial break, I, I got a text message, uh, and it says your feedback is important to us. Please take a survey about your visit to Piedmont Macon North Hospital. So we, we've got this hospitals. You know, Coliseum Medical Centers. They're nationwide. Uh, they had two hospitals in my area and I always go there. I don't go, uh, to the main hospital in Macon cause I think it's garbage. Uh, I go to, um, what was Coliseum medical and now it's Piedmont. Piedmont is a nonprofit. Coliseum was for profit. Piedmont is a big chain in the Southeast. They got a lot of hospitals in the Atlanta area. They bought these Coliseum hospitals. Uh, and so I went there. Uh, when I got uh, hit in the golf, when I got hit in the golf, when when the golf club hit me in the head last week, and so I got a text message saying, "Please fill out the survey for your care." Ah, I still don't remember it. Still have amnesia. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't. So I put a note. And I said, "I I I would take the survey." I'm very sorry, but I don't even remember that I was in the hospital. Y'all, I really don't. Uh, it's just the craziest damn thing. And I'm sorry. I, I, I want to take your phone call, Ron. But uh, for if y'all weren't here last week and, you, and, you, and you're just, or I guess, earlier this week, last week while I was out, I was on the driving range with my son. I got new PXG golf clubs. They're top of the line. Fantastic. My, 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 I did go the other day to hit to see if I could. And I really, I'm hitting great with these clubs. But I was on the driving range with my son and I was helping him because he couldn't even hit the ball. And I stood behind him, he's a lefty, and I was too far forward. And I got the full force of his forward swing into the side of my head. And I've got stitches across my head. And I managed to drive us home. I do now remember driving us home. I don't remember anything after that. I apparently spent all day Tuesday in the hospital. Now, the punchline here before I get to get the calls, and I, I don't think I said this the other day. So Monday night last week, Philip, who works with me, came over. We're on the front porch. We didn't do bourbon and cigar Sunday night. I was out of town. We did it Monday night. And on Tuesday evening, I woke up and my head was killing me. And all I could think was that Philip had poured too much bourbon on Monday night and I had must be hung over. My head hurt. And I went into the kitchen and I was cussing my employee. I mean, I was was very unhappy with, with my employee because he clearly... Uh, poured too much bourbon on Monday night and, and I clearly forced me to drink it. And my wife just gets down on her knees next to me in the chair. She says, sweetheart, you've been in the hospital all day. You have a concussion. <laughs> well, how do I have a concussion? Well, all I do is drink bourbon. She's, you got hit in the head with a golf club earlier today. <laughs> I just, I, I remember that part. I, I distinctly remember that. I don't remember being in the hospital. It's the craziest thing. Okay, we'll move on now. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Ron, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the program. Uh, welcome. Happy New Year to you. Thank you. Uh, um, I, I think it was yesterday you were talking about that the Democratic Party was uh, targeting Ron DeSantis and uh, because he might be the presidential candidate. I was just curious. I haven't heard any polling numbers on how Ron DeSantis and Joe Biden compare, you know, if they're 
close polling numbers, far away, if it's too early oh, to that, tell. Yeah, or, you know, or, that, or that's a great question. Uh, to my knowledge, there is none. Um, I, I have not seen a single DeSantis versus Biden poll. It's probably too soon for that. Uh, there have been Trump-Biden polls, and interestingly enough, Trump would probably win based on the polling I've seen. Uh, Politico had out a survey I think last month it was a if if the 2020 election were done again, Trump would probably win or come very close, uh, closer than last time. Uh, but there have been no DeSantis uh, Biden polling numbers, uh, and really, it's it's DeSantis is up for reelection in Florida. Uh, by the way, Philip is texting me saying I need to apologize for for blaming him, and I guess I should. We'll we'll see. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I I should have, but that that's all I could think of. Uh, now, as to this. The skits to I will go to where I was going to go in, in the last hour now. Um, the Democrats have decided that they need to, well, they got to rearrange their talking points now. And they can't say we're going to beat COVID. So now we're going to manage it, which is what they should have done all along. This is speaking of Politico. This is from Politico. Here's the headline. White House embraces a manage-not-contain Omicron game plan. The president is under immense pressure to keep some semblance of social normalcy amid a pandemic that is absolutely roaring. When President Joe Biden took office last January amid a winter COVID-19 surge, he vowed an all-out federal assault aimed at vanquishing the virus. A year later, with the country facing unprecedented levels of disease once again, His administration is now hoping to fight it to a draw. Besieged by the fast-spreading Omicron variant, the White House is racing to limit the fallout from record cases swamping the nation, an explosion that's strained hospitals, snarled travel, and raised the specter of widespread economic disruptions. The administration has fast-tracked COVID-19 treatments, to hard-hit states and pledged emergency personnel to medical centers shorthanded by the waves of infection spreading through their staffs. They've done it all while juggling immense political pressure from fellow Democrats to maintain some semblance of social normalcy, lest the party be hit even further by pandemic fatigue among voters. The new reality has further darkened the mood among White House aides already frustrated by the lack of progress towards ending a pandemic many believed could be dispatched within a year. It goes on from there. But you know what they're doing. Let me play you this clip. This is John Berman, who I like, by the way, and very nice guy. But my gosh, um, he is in the media bubble these days. Let's listen to this. At the same time, we do need everyone. It's a war. you got to have all your troops unified if we're ever going to win it. Yeah, it's still, by and large, it's the unvaccinated who aren't wearing masks. It's the unvaccinated who aren't social distancing. It's the unvaccinated going to crowded indoor events there. And so there's this bizarre irony here that the ones who are behaving are being told to behave 10 times more so. The unvaccinated, the unvaccinated, the unvaccinated, the unvaccinated, the unvaccinated, the unvaccinated. Y'all, I'm vaccinated. I am vaccinated. My wife is vaccinated. Our children are vaccinated. My wife got her booster. I got my booster. I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not wearing a mask. I wore a mask 
when they wanted me to wear a mask before there was a vaccine. Then there was a vaccine. And we've known all along that cloth masks, little disposable masks, they're not great. At most, all of the research shows 10% reduction, which the beginning of this virus and pandemic when hospitals were overwhelmed made sense. 10% reduction might be the difference between somebody getting a ventilator or not. And at this point, 10% and I'm vaccinated. Why the hell would I wear a mask? Excuse my language. Why would I wear a mask? I'm not social distancing. I was in an elevator a couple of weeks ago. There were eight, nine people in the elevator in Las Vegas. Everybody's wearing a mask because you're required to there closed space. Didn't intend for there to be that many people in the elevator, but you know what? In Atlanta, a couple weeks ago, I was in a hotel. I was on an elevator with five people. No one wore a mask. I don't know whether they were vaccinated or not. Haven't gotten COVID. I might get COVID at this point. I'm kind of getting fatalistic about it. Everybody's going to get it. I was talking to a friend of mine this morning whose wife has COVID. At a Christmas gathering, an 11-year-old turned out to be positive, or or someone did, and from 11 years old up to grandparents, a bunch of people got COVID. Almost all of them vaccinated, including the wife. She's very sick with COVID. My wife's doctor, since the vaccine came out, has said that your reaction to the vaccine, based on their research, your reaction to the vaccine, particularly the second dose, if you haven't had COVID, times three is probably what you would get with COVID if you're unvaccinated. So my wife had a very bad reaction, real bad reaction to her second round of her vaccine. She was in bed for a week. Um, her doctor said, "You're if you got COVID without the vaccine, it'd probably be fatal, given how bad the second dose was. But also now, with the research, says if you get COVID and you're vaccinated, what you would get without the vaccine would be about twice as bad as what you get with the vaccine. So if you're laying in bed miserable and you've been vaccinated, you probably would be in the hospital without it. Now, we've got a great relationship with doctors. This is the information they give me. I believe them. They're not celebrities on TV. They don't own stock in the companies. They're, they're These are the people in the field doing the research and also seeing the patients, and that's what they tell me. For two years, though, the government has told us that the vaccine would prevent you from getting COVID, period. And for a while, it seemed so until it mutated. And now Omicron is out there, and a lot of people who are vaccinated and boosted are getting it. Most of them, if they're vaccinated, are very mild, but not all. People with underlying conditions, diabetes, lung cancer, asthma, heart conditions, and morbid obesity tend to be the big triggers for a bad case of COVID, even if you're vaccinated. But the vaccine still more likely than not keep you out of the hospital. The problem here all along has been the messaging. And it's remarkable to me. Honestly, it actually is genuinely, sincerely, no hyperbole intended, remarkable to me that it has taken until January 4th and January 5th 
of 2022 for this administration to realize you're not going to stop COVID. I've known we weren't going to stop COVID for more than a year now, year and a half, two years now. It's been very obvious. We didn't stop H1N1. We're not going to stop COVID. We didn't stop the Spanish flu. It's now the regular flu. We didn't stop the common cold, which is a coronavirus. We're not stopping COVID. We can mitigate it. We can minimize it. We can manage it. But part of that also means going back to normal. And the hard thing for this administration, the thing they're going to have to do is convince progressives. You and I, we've already gone back to our lives. I don't wear a mask anywhere unless I'm asked to. And then try to be a good neighbor. They want me in a mask, I'll wear a mask. Got to be on a plane, got to wear a mask. That's why I want to apply private. I don't have to wear a mask there. Neither do you, but none of us have the money to do it. But just be a good neighbor. Wash your hands. My gosh, it's as if washing your hands is something new. But goodness gracious, people, the idea that we were ever going to like end this microbe where China covered up so much of the details to begin with, it was never conceivable, never possible. And yet the Biden administration bought it. They believed it. And now they've got a bunch of progressives out there who fundamentally, intuitively believe we're going to wipe out this virus. And they live by fear. They won't come out from by their masks. Some woman, a Biden administration official, put up a picture of her kids this weekend. It was a very sweet picture. Her kids were sound asleep in the back of the car with masks on. Who does that? I saw somebody in middle Georgia the other day by themselves in their car wearing a mask. Didn't appear to be an Uber or a Lyft driver. Just someone in their car wearing a mask by themselves. I don't understand that. I've seen people walk down the street with a mask on. I don't understand that. For a year, the Biden administration has basically told people, we're all going to die because of the unvaccinated. They can't make the unvaccinated to get the vaccine. And now they're going to say, oh, no, you're going to be fine. Remember, two weeks ago, they told us it was going to be a winner of death. Two weeks ago, they did this right before Christmas. The Biden administration said, for the unvaccinated, it will be a winter of death. Just yesterday, they put out a campaign on it. Joy, joy for the spring. The spring's almost here. Joy and happy. So we've gone from all death and dying and plague to get over it, move on in, in two weeks which tells me something even far more damning than their screw-ups to begin with. It's that this isn't a public policy-driven decision for them. It's a polling-driven decision for them. The problem with the Biden administration is the entire time they've made their decisions based not on public policy and on reason and sanity, but on what polls told them to do. So, yes, they finally hit on the right decision. It's just sad that they're doing it because the polling tells them they have to, not because, well, they should have reasoned they made a mistake all along. When you're steering your politics and your policy based on the public, well, you're going to keep making fickle, dumb decisions. Why? Because people are stupid. This other program is brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Nationwide, they can help your business grow. You need access to big loans, lines of credit? Well, First Liberty can help you. Go to firstlibertyga.com, firstlibertyga.com. We're talking six figures. Like, you need $500,000. You need more. You need to buy a building, fleet of cars, build a building. 
First Liberty can help you for your business, not your individual self, for your business. FirstLibertyGA.com. Uh, a judge has paused the mandate for SEAL vaccines, not SEALs as in the animal, but Navy SEALs. Uh, this is happening more and more, and this is eventually, I suspect, going to get to the Supreme Court. Um, but a judge says that um, there is it, no way he's going to uh, enforce the mandate against Navy SEALs uh, for the vaccine. I have to tell you at a legal level, this is an activist judge. Uh, he may be a conservative activist judge, but he's like, there's no law to support him here. Uh, and the reason I say this is because if you know anything about the military, if, if the president wants you to get the anthrax vaccine, you get the anthrax vaccine. And it's a painful, painful, painful vaccine to get. Uh, if the president wants you to get the COVID vaccine, he can make you get the COVID vaccine. He's the commander in chief. And there's sound legal precedent on this, uh, despite what these local judges are saying. Uh, I do have to say, as a conservative, I do find it fantastically hilarious and ironic uh, that we finally see conservative judges doing what progressive judges did for years, particularly during the Trump administration. And again, this is very much like the uh, the whole storming of the Capitol on January 6th. You would have never gotten that had you not had progressive storming state capitals to stop legislatures for years without the press saying anything. The press has never condemned progressive judges for enjoining Donald Trump for things legitimately the president can do. And now conservative judges are saying, well, F this, I'm going to do it too. And they are. And by the way, a couple of them are saying those words because I know some of them and that's what they're saying. If you never call out the progressives for behaving in a certain way, you're giving conservatives license to operate in the same way. So for years, progressive judges enjoined the Trump administration for a whole host of things that ultimately got reversed on appeal because the Trump administration could do them. But if that's the precedent being set by progressives, well, conservatives are going to use the precedent as well. And that's what you need to understand about this. No, the, the law is actually very clear here. The president can make the Navy SEALs take this vaccine. Whether you or I like it, the president can do it. He's the commander in chief. The law is settled on this issue. But this judge can slow it down and drag it out and make it more difficult for him. He can. It's what the progressives have been doing. So why not do the same thing? Give them a taste of their own medicine. Now, you can say, well, this is whataboutism. Well, maybe so. But you can't understand this unless you understand that. Precedent matters even in this. All right. When we come back, I'll take your phone calls before we move on. 877-973-7425. I say it at that pace because I get angry emails. You said it too fast. There. I said it slow. Well, as my voice fades, you guys are helping me with phone calls. 877-973-7425. Don, you're up next. Welcome to the program. Thank you, sir, for taking my phone call. My, I got a simple question. Are we or why haven't we went after China for costing hundreds of trillions of dollars throughout the world? Or is it that our government's somewhat involved in this disaster? I, I'm, I'm just puzzled. I have a lot of people asking me, why haven't we done anything to China? We don't hear this. We don't, you know... We're just puzzled with this. Oh, listen, uh, I, I can tell you the answer, and it's one that none of us want to hear, um, but I, I, I do think it's the truth, uh, and it's unfortunate. Uh, the question the question presented by Don, the caller, is why have we done nothing to China about response to COVID? 
after what they've cost everyone globally? And the answer is we don't think we can. The Biden administration at least doesn't think it can. The dirty little secret in Washington, D.C. is behind the scenes, the bureaucrats in the forever state, the deep state, whatever you want to call it, and the elected and appointed officials of the Biden regime believe that China is now dominant, and they don't want to say it publicly, but they believe it, and they believe there's nothing we can do. Too many American companies are too dependent on China, and it would rock the boat further, cause more inflation, cause uh, more shortages if we did anything to China. Globally, a lot of second-tier and third-tier countries are indebted to China and would be on their side. Now, there will be some backlash. And the backlash will be fierce in some countries. Take Chile and Peru that relied on China's vaccine. And it's no good. You know, the Moderna vaccine is proving right now to be the gold standard. Uh, Pfizer gets all the hype. The Pfizer vaccine is all the buzz. The Pfizer vaccine is is by Pfizer, a multi-billion dollar company. And it's got a PR machine and it's got talking heads all over the media. The Moderna vaccine is by a company that's never really made a profit and never really had a whole lot of success until this vaccine, and its vaccine is the gold standard. The Moderna vaccine and booster has a better shot, uh, no pun intended, at uh, keeping Omicron at bay than the Pfizer vaccine does. That's what all the data shows. Ironically, two doses of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, the much maligned Johnson & Johnson vaccine, actually do a really good job against Omicron from what data shows. Pfizer has all the hype. But Pfizer still does an okay job. The mRNA vaccines appear to do a better overall job against Omicron than uh, Sinovax. Sinovax is the Chinese vaccine. They've got two different vaccines from China. Sinovax is the most common in the world, in China and abroad, and it has zero, as in a big nothing, zero impact on Omicron. So the Chinese at home are having a problem. Though the Biden administration doesn't believe we can do anything against China, the Chinese are in a rather precarious position because they're having to lock down everyone again. The vaccine in China does nothing against Omicron. Omicron spreads far easier than earlier uh, variants of COVID. The Olympics are coming, folks. The Olympics are coming. You're going to have a massive pile of athletes in China and a lot of reporters covering it. And a whole lot of people are going to be locked down. And that country wants to use the Olympics as their coming out party for their superpower status. It's going to be really problematic for them. But, I mean, I, I I hate to be the bearer of bad news here, but I think in a matter of public policy from uh, Anthony Blinken to the White House to a lot of the bureaucrats, they believe the Chinese are now more advanced than us militarily. 
They believe the Chinese are actually um, entrenched around the world. And then there's the other side of this, and this is the one that's going to make a lot of you mad. Republicans decided they did not like spending money on foreign governments. Though it's only 1% to 2% of the federal budget, Republicans think foreign aid is a bad investment. You know who doesn't? The Chinese. While Republicans have been saying we need to stop spending money abroad, the Chinese have been pouring money into governments, buying allies. We used to do this in the Cold War. Republicans used to spend money and buy allies. During the Cold War against the Soviet Union, Ronald Reagan dumped a pile of money in Central and South America. It worked. We contained Soviet growth and expansion. You know, uh, Barbados has left uh, the European, the British Commonwealth. I think they're still going to be a, a partner in the Commonwealth, but they've thrown Queen Elizabeth off the throne in Barbados. They're now a republic. And China is dumping a whole lot of money into Barbados all of a sudden. They want a Gulf of Mexico port of operations for their military. China has dumped a ton of money into Equatorial Guinea, and the result is that the Chinese are getting their first Atlantic Navy base. The Chinese will have a Atlantic fleet headquartered in Equatorial Guinea because we as a nation stopped giving money to Equatorial Guinea. So they went to China. The Chinese were more than happy to pour money in. Now they get a Navy base. You can say foreign aid is poorly spent and we should spend it at home. But we've abandoned just 1% to 2% of the federal budget. And China is pouring money in. So what do we want to do in response to China? Well, we got a bunch of nations that are in China's pocket now and so we'll not respond. Now, Western nations, European nations, the Philippines, Taiwan, Japan, South Korea, Australia, they're our allies. And they would love to stick it to China. But how do you stick it to China when so many of our corporate interests rely on China for cheaply made goods? And the voters are already mad about inflation. You start jacking up prices on goods that aren't made in China anymore. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Apple's trying to move its production facilities out of China. Slowly, without a lot of notice, Apple is building more and more in Brazil and in India. Turns out the local workers are not as proficient as the Chinese workers. The slave labor from China actually tends to do a better job than these other people from what the reports suggest out there. And let's make no bones about it, despite what Apple says. Yeah, a lot of it is probably slave labor. So what do we do? I mean, that that's that's it. Uh, there, there's no grand conspiracy here. There's nothing about, oh, well, the Americans were complicit. You know, there's the the the, the rumor about the North Carolina uh, research facility and Dr. Fauci and all of that. Yeah, Fauci was definitely funding gain-of-function research in China. But there's no American complicity in the spread of COVID here. This is about global superpowers. And this is about being in a position where we don't have the credibility at this moment or the international coalition to be able to do much about it. Now, we should 
If I were advising this administration and they wanted to do it, they don't want to, but if they wanted to, start first by going back to the Trump administration policy of severing all ties with the World Health Organization. The World Health Organization is in the pocket of the Chinese. Stop working with the World Health Organization. Instead, do multilateral deals. Ignore the UN. And the other thing I would do, this is something some of you won't want to do. I would revisit the Trans-Pacific Partnership in some way, a free trade pact with Australia, the Philippines, Taiwan, South Korea, Japan, even Vietnam, which is more and more willing to be an American ally. Get that. It's how bad the situation is in Southeast Asia. The Vietnamese communists are so threatened by China, they want to make kissy face with the United States. They do. Do a global free trade pact. Get rid of free trade status for China. These are things we could do. These are things we should do. But the Biden administration has given up. The Biden administration, they've given up on fighting COVID. Finally, they should have a long time ago. They could have rearranged to normalcy and mitigation. But they've given up on China. The one thing they shouldn't give up on is taking on China. Too many of the Biden advisors were the pocket of think tanks that decided that the Chinese were now a superpower and we can't take them on. And they brought those ideas into the Biden administration, poisoned the well. There are ways we could stop them. We nationally, though, lack the will. Republicans don't want to fund foreign aid and they don't want free trade packs. And Democrats don't think they can take on China. So they won't. So it's a bipartisan screw-up here. Let's go back to the phones. Josh, you're going to be next. Welcome. Hey, Eric. Uh, glad, glad you took my call. I uh, I actually was just speaking to a friend of mine. Uh, we're both truck drivers uh, here in northeast Georgia, so we see a lot of the supply chain issues really firsthand uh, with with the warehousing at our the, the two separate companies we work at plus the customers that we deliver to. Uh, but he got turned off to uh, conservatism and being a Republican through the Trump administration. I guess there were too many mean tweets for him. Um, but he's uh, he's been a really good friend of mine. And most of our conversations are, are really one-sided where we'll both just be commiserating on the, uh, on the state of everything currently with the supply chain and just immediately starts into who he can blame for the supply chain issues, which the new one today was he was blaming the media for making Biden look bad, which is why the, we have a supply chain issue. And I just, I was telling your call screener, I just had to have one of those count to 10 and take a deep breath moments. And I just could, I couldn't even comment. <laughs> I had no words. Yeah. Of course, uh, if you, he uh he's a one source he's a one news source person and he pretty much listens to Howard Stern that's where he gets his oh, news geez. from. Oh. He's a devout Stern listener and I just <laughs> I love yeah, the man he's a good guy. dude. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean the Howard man. Stern these he, days he, is he just broken. He the shirt off his back. Right. Oh yeah, no, he's I I can't even give him the time of day anymore. But uh, when he starts talking about Stern, but I just, I do, it's those times where I don't have words 
that maybe I need a little bit of advice from you on <laughs> on how yeah, I can okay. so, continue that all, conversation it, without being a jerk myself. Yeah, yeah. so uh, listen, I have a lot of friends who are similarly situated as your friend who uh, Donald Trump broke their soul. And they are yeah. they, they thought they were in the Republican Party. They saw Republicans go one direction and they got very angry about it. They, they feel betrayed. <clears throat> and I get it. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, look, I was an elected Republican. I don't know what the hell the Republican Party stands for anymore. I, I, I look at the crazies right. the Republicans have and it frustrates me at the same time. I'm a Republican. I'm a conservative. I'm, I'm not a Democrat. Um, and and, and right. I, I, I can't understand. And I've got a, a very good friend of mine who is like completely flipped now and defends Biden on everything. It's like, what the hell? Uh, you, yep. you, you got angry with That's Trump and you've lost true. your intellectual honesty now and suddenly you're an apologist for Biden. I will tell you, step number one, yep. try not to talk about politics. Uh, yeah, you're going to talk about oh, life yeah. and you're going to talk about business and all, but uh, try to find other things to talk about. Your friendship is more important than politics. Uh, friendships always are in, in business 100%. and in life. Keep them as 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 um, focused as you can on other stuff, but also, more importantly, on this, uh, what I would tell you is, without being argumentative, when he says something like that, raise questions. Do the Socratic method with him. Um, if if the media is blaming Biden for these things, um, how then do you how then do you acknowledge or explain the media coverage of the tanker backup at the port of Los Angeles? Because of the unions, yeah. uh, or when you get into education, what about the teachers' unions in Chicago deciding to walk off the job? Uh, it, it just raise my, uh, questions. My wife is a teacher. My that, wife's that a local teacher as well, so I get that things. from that side too. And and you may be able to get that done. Yeah, I got you. Yep. I hope that helps, Josh. I got to let you go there. I'm I'm running out of the time here. Um. The the so the phone number here eight seven seven. Nine seven three seven four two five, and I got to tell you before I get off here, and you go to the phone, you should have a phone for Patriot Mobile. If you go to PatriotMobile.com/Eric, uh, you can get free activation from them. PatriotMobile.com/Eric, and uh, you know they will give a portion of their profits to the conservative cause. That's important right now, though, because you know the left has these corporations that are pouring money into left-wing causes, and there aren't enough conservative organizations doing it. But Patriot Mobile is one of them, and so we should be partners with them. And it is a partnership. I mean, you're getting your cell phone service from them. You're getting your data. You're getting your voice. And you get great plans. You get great discounts. They have fantastic coverage. If you go to PatriotMobile.com, you can see their coverage map. It's great. But more importantly, you go to PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. You get free activation. You can get a great discount. You can also call them 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get that free activation. Just having a... a text exchange with a friend of mine you, you know rush used to say he had to half his brain tied behind his back I, I i got half of mine on a golf course and still firing on all cylinders <laughs> mine on my kids golf club all right we have to move on to other stuff my goodness the phone number is 877-973-7425 uh two news stories tied together Private job growth totaled 807,000 in December, more than double expectations. This is really good news. Private job growth totaled 807,000 for the month, well ahead of the Dow Jones estimate of 375,000 and the November gain of 505,000, according to ADP. Hiring was broad-based, though leisure and hospitality led with 246,000 new positions. 
businesses with 500 or more employees accounted for the bulk of the gain in December, adding 389,000 jobs. That's really good. Now, uh, Wolf Street has this, the number of workers who quit jobs to work for another company or to stay home and fix up the house or, or care for the kids or who feel like they don't have to work anymore after booking big gains in stocks or crypto or whatever spiked in November to 4.53 million. In the private sector, quits spiked to a record of 4.31 million, 30.6% higher than in November of 2019, a year when the job market had also been hot and the number of quits had reached record levels. Private sector quits accounted for over 95% of total quits. So all of this means this. It's the workers' economy. It is an employee's economy. If you want more money, now's the time to ask for it. If you want a better job, now's the time to get it. Uh, Seize your destiny. Take your life into your own hands. If you are miserable where you're working right now, there is a company out there right now who wants to make you very happy because they need the workers. And by the way, it's across the board. It's in big companies and small companies. Uh, I hear this in in the radio industry all the time as well. Uh, I mean, it is every industry. It's not just restaurants and and it's not just uh, clothing stores and grocery stores. It is everybody needs more workers. This is a worker economy. Just be careful, though, because if the economy turns and you've asked for a lot of money, you'd be the first to go. But right now, now's your opportunity to start negotiating, get into a new company and prove your worth to them and lock in a job and build your reputation based on your trustworthiness and and your abilities. But also, those of you who stay behind at your current job, show you're loyal and they'll treat you right, or at least they should, because they need to keep you right now at your job. People are not working. They realize they can make ends meet with just one person in the house working, and that's good for the kids, frankly. And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. I can offer you a fantastic solution. If you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business, First Liberty Building and Loan. Let's say you want to buy a new building or you want to refi existing debt or you want to buy a company. Basically, you see opportunity for your business to grow, but you've hit a wall with the mega banks getting financing. That's where First Liberty Building and Loan and my friends, the Frost family, come in. They solve small business financing problems better than anyone I've ever seen. They say yes, where big banks say no. It's that simple. Look, just do this. Spend 10 minutes with them. Call them, First Liberty Building and Loan, say Eric sent you. In 10 minutes, you'll know if you're a good fit for their program. Go to firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. They help small businesses nationwide in all 50 states. Firstlibertyga.com. 